0: Guys, what is going on? I just want to welcome you all to the Paramount Podcast, episode number four. I am your host, as always, Thomas Michael Para, uh, 200 pounds of nails and wood and all that's good. I fucked that line up, <laughs> Man, I just want to say, first of all, I'm going to paint the picture for you guys. I'm just sitting here at my desk right now. I'm actually looking at the mountains. Uh, I've got a little bit of clarity tea with me. I think there's a bit of, I think it's blueberry and ginseng and some of that ginkgo, ginkgo bibla. I don't know if you, I'm probably not saying that right, but it's, 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 it's making my mind clear to get this podcast out. And uh, you know, it's a good time to do it, man. I put a lot of work into this one and I just kind of been mulling over my notes here and I just like, I just got to get it out. So let's do it. I want to say, first of all, I want to say much love to everyone who has listened to all the other episodes episodes one two and three there's 181 of you you guys and uh you know that just gets me like fired up to bring out more work and to put more work into it and to just bring you guys more fucking value another thing i want to say is the paramount podcast is now available on the apple podcast so please rate and review that um really would help me out. It helps me move up in the standings. If you guys find this valuable, do that for me. It is also available on all other major platforms, um, Spotify, and also on Anchor, where I do create it myself. Um, And if you listen to it on the Anchor app, you can listen to the intro and the outro music as well, which kind of adds a little bit to it. And I think you'll like the intro and outro music today on today's topic. Obviously, you might have already heard it. Remember leave me a voice note on the Anchor app as well. Please let me know what you think of this episode and I can share that in the next podcast episode. And also again if you found some value in this podcast, uh you know share with somebody, share with a friend, share with family, you know, get it out there. That would be greatly appreciated. Guys, today's date is Wednesday, June 5th. I was not able to record this on Sundays as I like to do so. Um, With the energy dichotomy, I got busy this past week building a shed and among other things. But, you know, and I wanted to make sure I had everything in order for this episode. I'm trying to turn up my game here. And I want to bring you guys the highest quality product and not some half-assed, unfinished business. Because here at Paramount Builders, we strive for quality, you guys. For those of you who don't know what Paramount is, it's essentially everything I learned, becoming a man... All the character traits, uh, working as a wood framing carpenter for my father and my family business and how I apply it to everyday life. Basically, who I am at the core. And the reason why I say family business and, not, and also my father's company is because uh, my mother, my kick-ass mother, was just as much as of an influence. And, you know, I think a man gets his identity from a father, but it's the mother who makes a man. Oh! What do you guys think? Why is Paramount Podcast in the education category? Well, you know, I just talk about too much shit. Um, It's really a lifestyle podcast, It's just about everything that I do, everything that I want to share, and, you know, that's always changing and ever growing. So let's get it going. Guys, I'm so excited for this podcast. I worked very, very long and hard on this, trying to put all my thoughts together, uh, easily well over a dozen hours added up. And there's lots of information here, um, shit, even some some tangible things that you could use right away if you decide if you decide to, and uh, you know, of course, always the best part of it—a little bit of storytelling from my personal experience. But there's actually so much information, I think, because I couldn't stop writing. That I hope I get through it all in timely fashion. I know you guys are busy. I appreciate appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me talk a bunch of bullshit, basically, but. You know, shit filled with value. I would love to have a female perspective on this episode, but we're moving forward anyways. I'll just have to channel my inner feminine energy. Uh, so guys, today's topic is a good one, and I think it's one of the hardest questions that we face when it comes to the end of a relationship. Can you be friends with your ex? Or as Jesse Reyes would say it, fuck being friends. <laughs> uh, That is actually where I got the idea of this podcast from. I don't remember what I was doing. I was driving or something and that song came on, Fuck Being Friends. And I thought, that's the one, you know. So there's so many different opinions on this topic as well. Because I've actually heard some people say, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I think you can be friends in this situation. Uh, And some people are like, no, never. Fuck Being Friends. So we're going to get into it. You know. How many times have you personally been in this spot? You know, surely most of us have been through a breakup, have been in that spot at least once. You know, I've definitely been there a few thousand times. (laughs) Uh, You know, does it matter on the length of the relationship, you know, if you remain BFFs or is it just like completely dependent on how much one or both of you have invested, you know, or, you know, were you just dating or was it an exclusive relationship what is dating? Uh, it's likely different for everyone, or does it even matter either way? So I just want to clarify what I think dating and an exclusive relationship are before we continue on. So I think, you know, that dating and a relationship are very two different things. And for me, dating is fairly, a fairly new relationship. You are genu- genuinely quite fond of the person. You don't have to necessarily be intimate at that time, per se, when you're dating. Uh, or maybe you just fool around playfully, and, but you just haven't touched fronts yet. So, uh, you know, you do all the fun dating things, right? You do the dates, you do the movies, you do the dinners, you do the cuddles, you do the snuggles, you do the sleepovers, you do the sexting. You know, you do the making out for hours Like outside of the drive-in Or or you're feeling like you're 15 again, right? Holding hands everywhere in public Holding hands while driving uh, You know, putting a movie on And never getting past the opening scene <laughs> Just like that DVD Like back when everyone used to watch DVDs It's just the menu screen just kept playing over and over and over Does that sound familiar for anyone? Um, I know it does for me This example is a distant memory for me, Um, but I'm not looking for anything currently. So we'll just get back to the main thing here. And it's, uh, but it's still not yet exclusive because you haven't actually had the conversation to clarify uh, because it's often a new relationship. So, you know, which in my eyes, um, you are dating, but you're not, you're not boyfriend, girlfriend, which means, if you really, which means if you do really really like this person, even if you do really like this person, you could technically see other people, in my opinion, when you're dating. Um, I don't know why you would, if you were like really smitten with this person, but that is what dating is. I believe is options. Um, it's not to be like, uh, 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 um, it's not to be like a player or to be like. A hoe or whatever, (laughs) you know, it's not to be like go sleeping around necessarily, but you're, you're, you know, you're just playing the options, you're playing the field. There's plenty of fish in the sea, right? So now that's dating. So now let's move on to what an exclusive relationship is actually for me. Um, So for me, it's basically an interdependent relationship, meaning you don't rely on the other one. For your happiness, for your finances, for your self-esteem, etc you know it's basically two independent people uh, coming together and only adding and making life better for each other and to add support to one another in their life ventures, but not solely relying on the other to hold their shit together for both it's a win-win um, for both sides. It's more like one plus one equals three because two dependent people added up can equal two. But two interdependent people, interdependent people are so powerful together when they are added up, they actually equal three because it's win-win. Um, and then obviously you got to continue keep doing that cute dating shit. That should never end then. Like that's like you should keep opening fucking doors. We already went over this in some other podcasts. You should keep opening up doors for your lady. Uh, the the chivalry should continue. Um, all the dates, date nights, I think that all should should just continue. But uh, we'll save that for another episode. Enough of that. We're going to keep the main thing the main thing. I just wanted to clarify the difference between dating and an exclusive relationship to me. Um, also, you know... Is it different in a uh, polyamory relationship? I think I said that right. Uh, maybe in that case, it's very possible to be friends. Um, just to clarify what a polyamory relationship is, it comes from the Greek word poly, meaning many several, and the Latin word amor, meaning love. So many several loves. Uh, oh, yeah, it takes me back to some Greek times. Harakai that's actually uh, it is a it is it has been a pleasure to have met you. Harika yetin noromia. I think my Greek some of my Greek fans will probably tell me I butchered that. But polyamory is many several loves, basically an open relationship. Um, as it's defined by Wikipedia, it's the practice of or desire for intimate relationships with more than one partner, with the consent of all partners involved. Um, it has been described as consensual, ethical, and, responsi- and responsible non-monogamy. So basically, an open relationship, but everyone is aware of everything that's going on, and there's consent um, all around, 360. So, you guys, when you do break up, you know, when to cut ties? When, when do you cut ties? And how do you cut ties? Like, have you, have you deleted them off social media? you still got them on social media you still got them on the gram you know uh, if not did you get if you got rid of them which I think you should do you still phantom stalk them anyways why would you be why would you check in on them like you know periodically uh, just to see what they're up to like what benefit do you get you know um you can definitely never be friends uh from a relationship that was toxic or abusive or manip- or manipulative you guys if you are still friends with an ex and it was a negative relationship it was toxic it was abusive in any way verbal physical or manipulative fucking cut it right now get rid of it right now pause this fucking podcast or don't even listen to the rest of it and cut that fucking tie cut that string please do that for yourself um Another thing to think about is if you were friends before you dated. Does that make things different? Um, you know, I can't really say that I've dated a friend to really know. Um, I just don't. I don't. That's a tough one. That's something that I would need to, I guess, just ask somebody that has dated a friend with. But um, but uh, uh, um, definitely, you guys send me your thoughts on the anchor app in the voice messages or something on that one because. I would say no (laughs) like I just but you know I don't know we'll get get into some other things here um one thing I want to say is you know once you break up um don't let your loneliness make you settle for less than you deserve okay like don't remain friends just because you are lonely and you can't be by yourself because you know that's a problem all on its own um And if you can't be happy alone, single, like numero uno, then you should never be in a relationship, period. Um, The downside to being friends after a relationship is it very much possibly holds you back from going into a new healthy relationship in the future. It's basically holding you back from meeting somebody new. Could be the love of your life, you guys. Could be like Prince Charming. Um, it blocks you from future potential for future love, future connections, new connections because of an older connection okay you know, and so much of our identity gets tied up uh, when we are close with someone for a long time, you know you do everything together man you you eat together, you sleep together, you shower together, <laughs> uh, you do everything right and when your identity becomes formed around another individual, you lose those parts of yourself because they were tied to that person. Now, that kind of goes back to the dependent person and an interdependent person. Now, I think if you have a truly loving relationship, um, you know it's nearly impossible not to identify with your partner. Um... And a dependent person would identify even more. More of their identity of who they are is tied to that other person because they're dependent on that person. So I just wanted to say, like, we realize that actually huge parts of you are tied to that person. And when you do break up, a part of you is actually gone. And, you know, so after a breakup, you need to find the new you, because you were someone before the relationship, you were a different person during the relationship, and now you're an entirely new person after the relationship because you lost part of your identity. Let me say that again. After a breakup, you guys, you're essentially three different versions of yourself. You know, the entire transition of any relationship, the entire transition of any and all relationships, well, if you break up, (laughs) anyways is three different versions of yourself, you guys. There's the before, the during, and then the after. And then there's actually a fourth one of who you become again. And that's crazy, but it's so true. You go through a relationship. There's four versions of you, man. Like, I'm just trying to make this, I'm sorry, I'm just hammering this in. There's four versions of you. Who you were before, who you were when you were with them, who you are now, that part of you is gone. That's three people. And now who you are trying to find out and who you are becoming into four. And I think people get into relationships way too soon after that um, because they haven't even became that fourth person. They're still getting into that relationship as that third person um, who's lost identity in their previous relationship. And then they go looking for basically their identity in a new one when they're not already... Um, this fourth new person. Uh, so, I really had to hammer that in. Another important thought here. I just wanted to know, like, please tell me, how do you tell your new boyfriend or girlfriend that your ex is one of your best friends? Like, how do you even do that? Like, how do you do that? How do you, I can't, like, can you explain it to me? Because I just can't, I mean, I mean, if I was friends with an ex of mine, Okay, and we still hung out, uh, but she had a new boyfriend. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be that guy. Like, let's be real. I wouldn't persuade her to like cheat on him or anything. I have no interest in ruining relationships nor cheating at all. Never have. But honestly, for me, I mean, I would be putting that energy into a new relationship nurturing that as I should have and have I have no time for hanging out with like taken women (laughs) like what (laughs) I mean fuck man like I just I don't know I don't even know I can explain that any I think that's just clear and it really in all honesty like how can you be friends after like what went down in the bedroom like remember when you're like I just, I don't, I just can't do it. But maybe, maybe some people can. Like, you got to share this with me. Um, you know, even if this new partner, like, even if this new guy, we'll call him, like, uh, Lola, or, or, well, we'll call him, like, we'll call him, like, well, I don't know. We, we won't give him a name. But even if this new partner is confident and secure, they may still have trouble accepting it. Like, and... I wouldn't like maybe under one, one exception, like if the new partner, um, had children that I was with, I guess. Um, you know, but then that's, that's more of a relationship of being friendly for the children's sake versus having a relationship. Um, you know, she wouldn't be hanging out with her ex. Uh, if I was dating her and she had children with him, she wouldn't be like hanging out with her ex. Uh, it would just be they would be friendly within the relationship they have with the children. They wouldn't be f- having a friendship. Like I think that's just crazy, but and it's not an insecurity of mine, um, nor jealousy. It's just more of like what an unhealthy mentality. I think that person would have uh, needing to continue that relationship uh, in in ways depending on their intentions. It can be very selfish. And it's just kind of, like, psychologically wrong. Like, what are they getting out of it? It's it's similar to a cheating mentality, I think. It's very selfish and manipulative. Ne- needing to have, you know, power or influence over someone or over as many people as possible. Um, you know, just needing to have it all. Needing to have the wife and the family life at home with the kids, but needing to have the mistress. Like, that is extremely fucking selfish. Um... And those people should be reprimanded for adultery. But just fucking get out of their relationship then. But it can also be uh, very much the opposite in some cases. Um, I think in less cases, but it can also be the opposite of them trying to have power and influence over as many people as possible. That it's actually, they are so insecure that they can't handle the full rejection if they were the one that got dumped, that may be the other reason that they kind of want to be friends. Because um, it's not complete rejection. It's not like they hate the person, I guess. But I would think likely they're wanting to just, keep, I mean, likely, I mean, not likely. They're obviously, no matter what, you don't stay in in um, in contact with your ex uh, if it's not just for your own personal gains. Um which again is psychologically like, I don't know, but like what's like, you know, possibly possib- the possibility of continuing uh, furthering friends with like Benny's or more likely um, you just not wanting them to be sexual with anyone else in the future, <laughs> like which is ludicrous. That's like saying like you, nobody masturbates, like come on now, <laughs> like, let's be real for a minute. I had to pause there for a second, just like, let that set in. Let's be real, right? So, you know, if you end up holding on to the past, you only end up suffering more in the future, okay? Usually you have, usually both of you have different intentions on what uh, being friends is, and you kind of end up with what I call like a cognitive dissonance. I think that's the right term, but it's basically like... Or it's a cognitive dis- dissonance is also when, say, in a relationship or you're married or you, or you have a partner, but you never really say what's on your mind. Um, you never really say what you're feeling. So then the other person doesn't actually know how you're feeling or what you're thinking. So their behaviors are based on basically... What you're doing when that's not actually how you're feeling so what you end up having is well poor communication and I feel like a lot of relationships fall apart because of that because people don't actually talk honestly enough about their thoughts and feelings daily should be daily so that your partner knows where you're at um, and knows kind of what you need and what from them um, and people are mind readers. You need to talk to avoid that, basically, that cognitive dissonance. Uh, if I think you're happy, then I think you're happy. And I'm going to go on my life thinking you're happy. And then we're just going to eventually fall apart. And shit's going to blow up. Um, when you, so with that being said, like when you, when you go through a breakup... It's a perfect opportunity to shift your energy onto yourself. Um, Breakup distress acts as a catalyst for personal growth immediately after and into the future, if you choose to use it as such, you guys. If you choose to decide the positive side of it, immediately it turns into, it's a catalyst for personal growth. And I've utilized that many times uh, from breakups in the past, many times. You know, if you don't, it basically inhibits your healing. Avoiding the distress will only delay the healing process uh, when you pretend like everything's okay. And, uh, you know, have you sacrificed your healing for short term benefit, not to feel distress? Um, and then you never get the opportunity to heal or for closure. So, and we all need closure to move on, right? So, you know, as soon as we settle or accept being friends, it's easier at first because, you know, less has immediately changed um, right off the bat. But, in t- but, you know, until after a few days, the pain of the denial starts to creep in because the attention that was there is no longer there. And you're just adding to the shit pile. Um, so... And also, you know, does one, does one want more than the other? I would think likely. I mean, even in a mutual relationship, like I said, or a mutual breakup, I mean, I think it's just likely that one person wants more than what the other is giving. And it just depends, I guess, on what side of that coin you're on. But. So like I was saying, after a breakup, guys, it's your time to grow. Do not rush into a relationship, okay? Do not build a relationship with yourself, reconnect with yourself. Because like I said, you basically were three different people through that entire relationship. And now you got to find that fourth person. And, you know, sometimes uh, we also feel pressure from our friend group or our family to remain friends um, because we have, you know, the same friend circle. You just need to make new friends, you guys. You need to make new friends. And I think even when you're in a relationship, a healthy relationship, you should constantly be seeking out new interests. You should constantly be making new friends anyways. You should be making more friends as time goes on, as your life goes on, as you get older, because you should be furthering your education. You should be furthering. You should just be doing more things, helping more people, serving more people. Um, And I find that a lot of people, I think, as time goes on, make less and less and less and less and less friends as time goes on i would say 100% most people and it should completely be the other way um you know it's like i think and especially after a breakup i think it is like i think out of all breakup like i think if you could do anything after a breakup the number one thing that you should do after a breakup is to make new friends it is the best thing that you can do after a breakup Make new friends. People that you want to be like, in a sense. People that have the same interests as you. Just make new friends, man. It, you'd be surprised what the influence of your peer group really has on you. And for your family, you know, your family um, loved them or their family really loved you. And, you know, you want to do what's right for the family's sake. Um, but, they don't, but they don't have to live with it daily, Okay. Um, you know, I had a, I was in a relationship where she was extremely close to my family and vice versa. I was extremely close to theirs. And yeah, that like in all honesty, that sucks. It really sucks when you're that close to one another's families, but you got to move on, man. Like you can't continue that. It's just not, you just can't make those new friends. You know, are you doing it for them? Um, I feel like sometimes you remain friends because you're worried about the other person. You know, you're afraid that they can't handle the breakup emotionally. You know, I've no I know I've heard of uh, more than once of people threatening to harm themselves if you leave them. Um, and I know you don't want anything bad to happen to them because you still care for them. You maybe still love them in a sense, but you're not in love with them. There's a huge difference there, um, but they're still trying to guilt you, um, if you leave them by harming themselves and guilt you and stain. But either way, like it's not, just point them in the direction of help and move on, you guys. It's not your responsibility, okay? It's just not. You have your life to worry about, people in your life to worry about. It is not your responsibility. You know, there's positive and negative pressure in this world, okay? And often positive pressure is uh, often pressure that you put on yourself, for example, getting out of your comfort zone. It's good pressure. It builds growth. Um, You're doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you know you should do. It'd be good for you. It'd be better for you. Um, You can also put... You can put negative pressure on yourself too. Um, But the positive pressure is often in the form of growth that you kind of deliberately put on yourself. And the negative pressure... um, it's kind of like thinking that we need to be friends with an ex because it makes you more mature um, when actually the reverse is true. What you know, when deep down you know what's right for you, the both of you of your maturity is to not be friends. I could see how people think like it's more, like you're more mature because you're able to be friends after, but that's actually not the case. It's It's more immature. So, if you want to, the more the mature thing is to move on, um, and you know, like basically end all contact. You know, what is your intention of wanting to be friends? Um, maybe you have a friend in this situation. Um, I think that you can help them out or yourself out by asking uh, the seven questions, basically the seven whys. You guys, now I love this because the seven whys you can essentially use um for anything in your life anything you're trying to figure out what the root cause is of why you're doing something right why you are pursuing a certain um career why you are dating somebody why you're like so let me just get into it what are the seven questions well i got this from dean graciosi i believe is where i read it out of his book uh millionaire success habits and it's basically I I think it's, I, I call it the seven whys. I'm not exactly sure if that's the actual term, but basically you get someone to ask you the seven whys. Um, you know, and when you're really trying to figure out why you really want something at the core, what's your main driver, okay? So are you ready for this? Are you guys ready for this? This is an example of the seven whys, okay? Tom. Yes? <laughs> Why do you want to remain friends with your ex? Well, it wasn't a bad breakup, so we could still be good friends. Well, why do you still want to be good friends? Well, we could still hang out sometimes, you know, grab a drink, catch up, like share some laughs. Well, why do you still want to hang out? Well, I mean, she's still a very good person. We still have a lot in common, like she's a good time. Well, why is she a good time? Well... I mean, everyone knows that she's like the life of the party. She's funny. She's smart. She's one of the kindest, most genuine people I know. So, uh, well, why do you need to be around her, you know, to have a good time? I just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like she's made me more outgoing and fun. She's really helped me enjoy the moment and to be present. Which is kind of like part of his identity, right? Part of my identity. Well, why... Uh, do you need to enjoy the moment? Well, I don't. She's, I mean, sorry, why do you need her to enjoy the moment? Well, I don't. Uh, she's just very likable, and I, you know, I don't want, she's just very likable, and I just don't want anyone else to date her. Like, we were originally supposed to be together forever. Well, why don't you want anyone else to date her? Because, I don't know, like, I couldn't, because I couldn't live thinking about her, like, having sex with someone else. Boom! (laughs) And again, kind of that's, like, possessive over her, right? Question number seven. Why don't you want her to be with anyone else? Well, because I just, I couldn't live without thinking about her being, like, with somebody else, like, sexually, Boom. So guys, why do you want to remain friends, Tom? Turns out to be that through all those seven questions that I really just don't want anyone else to be with her sexually. And, I, and you can use these seven questions in anything. You can use it to like why you want to do a certain career you want to do. And you're, you will literally just dissect it um, through the seven questions. Why do, you, why do you want that? Why do you want this? Why do you want this? And you will un, you'd be amazed at what you uncover. So there you have it, man, like simply wanting to stay friends because it wasn't a bad breakup and deep down, you know, it turned into pain associated, imagining her being with somebody else intimately, sexually, um, likely can't imagine her enjoying it and him, him being better than you, like, (laughs) ouch, but that's reality, you know what I mean, um, So, I mean, even better, move on because then you don't even have to be like kind of witness to that. And uh, I highly recommend those seven questions, man. Highly recommend those seven questions on yourself anytime. So, you know, jealousy is just absolutely hideously ugly emotion, okay? It's basically love and hate at the same time. It's nearly impossible to swallow and you shouldn't swallow it. You should dive deep into it, feel the complete wrath and that fucking powerful, painful, sick to your stomach, make you want to turn you inside out, fucking rapture, experience that bitch fully for however long it takes, sit there in the dark, feel that shit. And then you'll notice eventually it starts to dissolve, and the weight is gone. Okay, but that is the only way to get rid of jealousy and any other negative emotions. You do not stuff them down. Okay, you have to experience them fully, feel that pain, in the pain body, as Eckhart Tolle would say, and then let it go. I would recommend trying the seven whys on yourself the next time you're wanting to get to your deepest drivers in anything in your life as to why you really want something. Even better if you have someone that you can trust uh, who can ask you the seven whys because it's far more effective when somebody else is asking you um, versus you asking yourself. Or you can maybe do it to them, too. Maybe they have something in their life. You guys can, like, do tradesies or something. But not your ex, though. <laughs> Don't do this with your fucking ex. Let's get this clear. A friend, not an ex-friend or a friend ex or whatever you want to call this shit, okay? Uh, ask yourself, are you trying to fill fulfill uh, companionship needs, okay? And why do you need companionship to begin with? Uh, you know, some people who can't find ways to deal with loneliness, sometimes they'll like get a dog or something, right? And, you know, loneliness is a massive problem in today's society. It is huge. I can't remember the percentage of people in this world that are like, like uh, uh, that are suffering from loneliness. It is something ridiculous. And I will have to get into that in another podcast, but just hear me out. Like, I know there's a lot of animal lovers out there and I'm one of them definitely 100% and I'm to be clear I'm not talking about the dog here okay I'm talking about the owner okay I love dogs I've never actually had a dog but I'm sure that if I did I would love them because oftentimes when I'm out doing some cardio or something I find myself admiring like really beautiful breeds of dogs right really admiring them um but don't get them for a companion, you guys. Okay? Do not get a dog for a companion, okay? Get them to give the animal the best life for them, okay? And to add to your life. But not as a companion. Not as not as originally needing a companion. Get the dog to give the dog the best life, okay? And and doing so will add to your life. It should be a win-win for both sides. Otherwise you shouldn't have pets. It's exact same to like the interdependent relationship. It should be a win-win. Okay. Even though the dog is going to be dependent on you, but I I think I'm, I think I'm making my point. Like too many times I see people, uh, get pets, you know, and they claim, they claim to love animals. They claim to love animals, but yet It's fucking locked up in the backyard day after 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 day It's entire fucking life with nowhere left to shit because nobody picks up after the fucking poor thing. And then there's shit everywhere. That's not animal love, okay? It's purely selfish and purely for the benefit of the owner who chooses when they want the companionship and when to put it outside, okay? That's not what pets or animals or dogs are for. Pets are amazing when it comes to children, um, hospitals as well, sick children, those kinds of things, you guys. But to get a pet purely for companionship because you're lonely and then to treat it like that is completely wrong on every fucking level, okay? I have also seen uh, people, especially after a breakup or a death of a loved one, get pets for companionship, which is great, like it is great, but be very careful not to use them as a crutch and to not be social. Um, Now, if you take them to a dog park to be social, you know, that's a different story. You're meeting people in the action of that. But, you know, a perfect example, uh, when you could use a seven whys as to why you really want a pet uh, you know, as you find out on question seven that you're lonely and you're in need of companionship, wait to get the pet. Please wait to get the pet. Don't get the pet, you guys. Just for purely for companionship, okay? You need to learn to fall in love with yourself again. Then get the pet and add that to your already thriving life. Don't bring the pet into a sick, emotionally sick environment, okay? Okay? I think I made my point on that, but moving on to the main thing here. Um, What else can fulfill that need of companionship by yourself? Work on yourself, you guys. Ask yourself, you know, what's something that you have always wanted to do but never have? What better time to do that than after a breakup? Anything. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It doesn't have to be anything huge. You could just... Maybe you you could buy a bike for the summer and just all of a sudden start biking everywhere, biking to work. Like, you could do anything. I don't need to get into lists. I don't need to tell you what you need to do. Just fucking, something you've always wanted to do. (laughs) Keep your eyes open. Keep that reticular activation, that RAS system, like, engaged. You know, um, if you need them, you become dependent If you need, sorry, I need to clarify here. If you need like somebody in your relationship, or say after, if you need them after a breakup, sorry. If you need the person as a friend after the breakup, you've again you're still dependent on them, okay? And you have no idea when they could end it, okay? You give them the complete control, and most importantly, control of your happiness is out of your control and they are part of your identity now. It's dangerous, guys. They can just up and if they, if if you're the one that got dumped and you want to remain friends for your ego or for your you know, you just can't handle your identity being not knowing who you are anymore without them. That's a that's a very dangerous position to be in, you guys, cuz they can end it at every time. They can just say, "You know what? This friendship's not working." Boom. So now you broke up after we'll say a year and then you broke up uh, and then the friendship drags on for three months and then you get basically dumped again. When if you would have just cut it right away, you would have had fucking 90 days to already be working on, bulletproofing yourself, right? Working on yourself. Do not do that. Stop trying to find the right person. Be the right person. Be the person you want in a partner. That's simple. Be that someone that makes you happy first, okay? Make yourself happy, be that someone. Then you will find someone that makes you happy. And when you do, you will have a far better partner and a healthier relationship than going into a relationship as an unhealthy version of yourself and getting involved with another unhealthy person. Guys, if you're already emotionally unhealthy, you think you're going to attract an emotionally healthy person to get into a relationship to get into a relationship to no are you crazy? An emotionally healthy person is not going to get into a relationship with you if you're emotionally unhealthy and insecure and have no self esteem and have no identity and don't know who you are or what you offer in life so if you get into a relation if you seek a relationship when you're when you're The unhealthy version of yourself emotionally, you're only going to attract another unhealthy person, and then you're going to have uh, two unhealthy people in a relationship, and it's going to be one plus one equals zero. And I know my math is right on this one. But in the case that you decide for whatever reasons to remain friends, Um, here are some thoughts that I think you might want to think of. I'm just giving this information to help you choose, okay? First of all, number one, you need some downtime to figure out who you are. You need time to decide, reflect, introspect, okay? You need at least three months, okay? At least three months. In those three months, zero physical contact, zero. It confuses both of you, and I had to say it. I don't know, like I shouldn't have to say it, but I had to say it. Zero physical contact, no touchy touchy, no touching fronts, no just like fooling around, no fucking nothing, okay? And you need to have solid mental boundaries and like environments, okay? You need to clarify what your boundaries are in this new relationship before you even start. You have to have that discussion, Otherwise, don't even be friends. Just cut it right there. You need to become your own best friend first, okay? And you need that three months to think things over. And maybe you'll decide that you don't want to be friends. Or maybe you'll decide, yeah, okay, you know what? Maybe we should because of this, that, and this, or whatever. But you need that time away. And no touchy-touchy, you guys. I know it's hard, but you guys just need to... So you know but on the other hand maybe we should just put the ex in the drawer and close it permanently and forget about it you know i mean there was a reason why you broke up in the first place you or your ex were not meeting each other's expectations in the relationship so why make more expectations uh to continue a friendship it's essentially you're gonna have two breakups okay you're gonna feel obligated to reply to texts as soon as you can um or they're going to get upset when you don't get back to them right away. Why add that shit to your life? You're not helping them by being their friend actually, you're actually harming them, okay? All right, guys. I know this is going on a bit long, but I'm sorry. We're going to get into some story time, okay? Some story time. So, let's get it. Um I've, you know, I've had really only two long-term relationships, uh, each lasting about three and a half years. The first one did not end so well, you know, we were civil, um, but it ended up a lot with a lot of negative emotions and I felt like wasted time. Okay. Not actually wasted time because I learned a lot from it, but at that time it felt like wasted three and a half years of my time. And the second, uh, long-term relationship ended for a few different reasons, to be honest. The second relationship, um, Well, for one, we were traveling together. Uh, We were working on modeling contracts, signed to modeling contracts. But it was extremely hard to be uh, placed in the same markets, same fashion markets, with the same agencies, in the same cities, in the same countries. Um, And when we did go together, um, one of us always ended up suffering for work like financially because... it was not a good market for me or it wasn't a good market for her or she worked well and I didn't, or I worked well and she didn't. Um, in ways in career wise in the fashion modeling world, we were kind of holding each other back in, in that sense. Um, but ultimately I believe it ended because I had met her when she was quite young. You know, she had to grow up on her own without my influence. Okay. I was her rock. And her problems became my problems to solve. Um, they get put. They kept getting put on my shoulders, and I was putting them on my shoulders, you know, because I felt responsible to take the burden and to set a good example in every situation. Um, I was the one who pushed for her to travel with me because I felt I was one of few who saw her true potential and gifts, even when she didn't. And you know, honestly, I truly did love her. Um, and traveling prior opened my eyes to the world. And I wanted to give her that more than anything. And I also feel like her parents thought I was fucking crazy because I was taking their daughter, like, all the way to fucking Shanghai, (laughs) fucking China. Um, And they, you know, barely knew me at this time. And maybe that was crazy, but it was fucking exciting, okay? Um, Ultimately... We were in two different places in our lives. Um, In the end, she needed space to grow up on her own um, without my influence. She needed to learn through her mistakes and I needed to work on myself. And I was so driven like to succeed, right? In life and just crushing as I do, uh, gas to the fucking floor. And she wanted to enjoy life. She wanted to live in the moment and I was in the future. And, you know, maybe I was too hard on her at times. Um, maybe I was too hard on myself. But it was always coming from a place of betterment. It was never negatively. It was, all, it was always that positive pressure. But, you know, she needed to know how to deal with problems without me there. Okay. Um, she needed to feel the pain, the rapture of self growth of trial and error, making mistakes, and then she needed to experience the accomplishment on the other side of that tunnel of triumph and overcoming all of that, basically building her identity and giving herself self-integrity. And nobody, and nobody can do that for you. She needed to choose for herself and have all the options of life and decide on her own, okay? Now, we could remain friends, I suppose, but, but this point but at this point, she was like a sister to my sister and a daughter to my parents, and I was very close to her family. I mean, we were all like family. Um, but, like I said, you can't do it for family. And we are no longer in contact for years. It's been years now. Um, and you know, you're always going to say, like, if it was meant to happen it'll happen in the future, but you can't remain friends, okay? Not that it's, not that anything's gonna happen, I'm just saying, in generally speaking, you know, I needed to figure out what the fuck I was gonna do with my life at this point at the age of 27 or 28. Um, what did I want from my life, okay? And, you know, it was extremely hard for me to move on, no doubt. Um, but, you know, I'm still in the phase of figuring out what I want for my life as well. Like that's been continuous since then. Um, and there's probably a good reason why I'm also single at this point too, because it's just like, in, in ways it's distractions from like basically my life's mission. Um, you know, except now I think I know what I want from life and I'm probably always going to be hard on myself. It's just my nature. Um, But like I said, you know, five, six years later, I'm single to this day for numerous reasons, but I assure you that I am my best friend, 100%. Um, I have met very few, I have met few very special ladies um, since I was 28. Uh, One lovely lady I met during my three months in India, uh, which was very, very special relationship to me, absolutely fucking beautiful, Um, one in LA and one in Australia. And I talked to one of them this day. Uh, We are very good friends. But we knew at the time we met it was going to be short-lived due to traveling and visas and things like that. So, you know, therefore she was not my ex. Um, She kind of reminds me of myself in so many ways. We're so similar. Which is why I still think we're in contact. Uh, You know, we get each other. And, you know, the number one um, human need in this world is to be understood. Okay? It is to be understood. Stephen Covey would say, like, seek to understand, right? The number one need in this world is for, excuse me, the human need in this world is for humans to be completely understood. Once somebody feels like you completely understand them on every level, it's the base, it's the roots, um, and core as to why you get into relationships, why there's marriage, because you, you completely and fully understand why someone is the way that they are, and then they can be themselves around you, you know, whatever, whatever, because you have complete understanding of who they are inside and out. And the lovely lady in awe as well. Ah <laughs> uh, fuck. It was cut way too short. Way too short. Um again time was up. Visa was done. And we may never know. We may never know. We may never know. It was crazy. It, you know, it was ridiculous. Uh it was like that fifteen-year-old teenager making outside for twelve hours. Um You know, it was like that can't even go out in public for a bite to eat without making the entire establishment uncomfortable from your sexual tension, building and building and building while you're trying to consume your miso soup. (laughs) But it's true without, like, the waitress getting uncomfortable every time she comes to the fucking table. But it was true. Um, That's what it was like. Um, You know, it was kind of like that crazy, like... uh, like that crazy, like take her back home to like meet your sister and your newborn niece after uh, only a couple weeks, kind of crazy, that kind of crazy. And it was way too short, but, and we are not in contact at all. Don't have her on social media. We're not contact in any way. Um, but I am thankful for that time because that was something that was quite, that was very special. But let's get back to the main thing, you guys. I know this is getting long, but I just had a lot to say on this. Let's get back to the main thing, the main thing. Um, actually, no, it was just like that. It's like that kind of crazy, like, uh, like just wanted to shore off to, like, everyone you know kind of crazy. <laughs> okay, okay, back to the main thing. Uh, back to the main thing. The main reason why it's nearly impossible to stay friends. Largely due to what Stephen Covey, who I mentioned before, and the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People says is the emotional bank account. Guys, you need to listen to what the emotional bank account is. If there's anything that is important in this podcast, it is the emotional bank account, okay? What is the emotional bank account? Well, every relationship in your life has an emotional bank account, okay? Every day we make withdrawals and deposits in and out of the emotional bank account, of all relationships in our life, work, home, friends, family, partners, every relationship depends on this concept, okay? You have to ask yourself before you do something or after the fact you've done something, did your behavior deposit or withdraw into or from the emotional bank account with your partner or who you interacted with? Too many withdrawals, from the account goes into a negative overdraft and it gets shut down, just like a bank account. Okay, it would have been too difficult to try and maintain a long-distance relationship for so many reasons. Okay, uh, long replies to texts, uh, time zone changes when somebody's in transit. There's other people in their in their life, in their immediate life that needs their attention. That's number one reason why it's difficult to sustain uh, long distance relationships, you guys, is because of the emotional bank account. Because every little thing that you do affects the balance of the bank account. And if you message her or him, and you don't get a reply until 12, 16, 18, 24 hours, maybe 48, two days later, that entire time, withdrawals are being taken out of that bank account. Okay? Withdrawals are being taken out of the bank account. It is so much easier to make withdrawals out of the bank account in long distance relationships than it is to make deposits in it because you're not in the flesh with each other, okay? So one message that doesn't go unreplied for one, two days, maybe a a week sometimes, like who knows, right? Those are making withdrawals out of that uh, emotional bank account. And it's, it's causing the relationship to suffer. It takes a lot of energy to sustain it daily. You know, for, for example, I'll put this into an example for you. If every morning I leave for work, okay, and I leave a post-it note saying on the refrigerator, um, honey, I love you, have a great day, versus me not doing that would be an example, okay? Or... After work, take a minute to call saying you're going to be home later from work for supper versus not calling at all and showing up late without notice is inconsiderate and is a withdrawal, okay? These are little, but they add up, you guys. So, for example, if I left a post note in the if I left a post-it note and I called when I was going to be late for supper. So, imagine this. In the morning, I leave a post-it note saying, baby, I love you, have a great day, and then I'm going to be late, and I call telling her I'm going to be late for supper versus leaving no note, going to work, leaving the toilet seat up, (laughs) and not calling home saying that I'm going to be late from work and now dinner is getting cold. Those two different things. If you just did those two things different, you'd see a difference in the emotional bank account, okay? Um, and these are just very simple examples, but honestly, I could go on for days. You guys, literally those, that is a perfect example of you basically just made one deposit. Or you, you basically just made two deposits or two withdrawals for that day, essentially. And that's only in that situation. There's nothing else of any other behavior that you're doing, um, to make deposits. You guys, it's as simple as merely just showing appreciation and recognition where it's due. Has a bigger impact than you know. If you if you something if you notice something that's been done, or you really appreciate it, or or the way that your partner is looking, or maybe they're on a diet program, or maybe they changed their hair, or maybe they bought some new pants that makes their ass look damn. Let them know, man. Don't just think it. Let them know their hard work's paying off. Appreciation and recognition is huge. Okay, um, you know the people. The people that you see or interact with the most will need the most deposits, okay? The people that are in closest to you, the people that you see, your five best friends or whatever, those people, the people you see the most at work, home, are the ones who need the most deposits, okay? They're the ones that need the most deposits. Ever wonder why you haven't spoke to one of your best friends, maybe from school or wherever, college, or a family member, maybe a brother, sister, who knows, like, I don't know. One of your best friends for like two, three, five years, you haven't spoke a word. And then when you see them again, it's like exactly where you let off, right? Exactly where you let off, okay? That's because the emotional bank account does not change from how you last left it, okay? It is frozen in time until your next rendezvous. The emotional bank account balance does not change from how you last left it. It's frozen in time until your next rendezvous. So for example, the young lady that I had met in Australia, whatever the emotional bank account balance was at from our last interaction will be exactly what it will be if or when I ever do see her again, okay? Same goes for the girl that I, uh, that I met in India. Now, It's been years, years since I've seen the lovely lady from India. But I guarantee you, if I was to see her again, we would pick up right where we left off, you guys, because there has been no withdrawals out of that bank account because she's not in my daily interaction. So I don't need to make withdrawals, but there's also, or I don't need to make deposits to sustain it, but I also there has been zero withdrawals from it. So it picks up exactly where you left off. And this is why that if you think that something might happen in the future, you just need to cut it off and you can always pick back up exactly where you left off. It is 100% true. The emotional bank account is real and you need to be fucking aware of it in your daily life because you need to be making deposits into it um, the people that are closest, the people that you see most regularly. Um, so like I was saying, if you... Try to maintain a long-distance relationship. It's almost nearly impossible to have more deposits than withdrawals over time. So therefore, when you get back together in the future, um, it's just best, if you get back together in the future, it's just best to have zero contact. Um, if you do bump into each other again, you pick up right where you left off, 100, okay? Guys, we're getting to the end here. We're getting to the end. So another thing I wanted to mention just when you are young and you're growing up, together for a long time. You don't know who you are while still with the person because you have been together for so long that you don't actually know what you're lacking, okay? And you, you're, you're, you're growing up together. You lose your individuality and your identity when you are so young growing up together in a relationship um, versus two people with strong identities coming into a committed relationship is very much different. Okay. You become so intertwined when you're growing up young. Um, When you're say you're like 17, 18, maybe you're like two 18 year olds and you dated for like four or five years or something. It is crazy. The amount of identity you guys would have intertwined with one another. You wouldn't, you don't even know who you are. You have the same friends, you have the same interests. You don't do anything fun without her there or he there, uh, him there. Because you don't know how. You don't know who you are. If you don't have different interests or different friends than the other, they are always a part of your interests or your friend group. It is very unhealthy, okay? You need your own things. And, you know, if you don't have your own things, inevitably you have nothing else to talk about as time goes on. How was your day? Well, you know, you were fucking there all day, right? Okay. (laughs) Um, You can still miss... I think you can still miss at a time a memory you had with a person but not want to get back together. I think that's normal, okay? I've had some beautiful, 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 beautiful... Some of the most beautiful times in my life. Um with some of these special women that I have met because of where we are, what we were doing, location. I'm telling you some of the most beautiful things. Now, to get back together with them, no. But you can still, I don't even know if miss would be the word, but it's. I think it's normal to just kind of have you know, a good memory and kind of miss that time for lack of a better word. Miss that moment in a sense just because it was that good. I think that's normal. And don't think, don't think it's any more than that. Um, don't think that it's like you maybe still have feelings for them or you still in love with them or something like that. It's not like that. I just think it's just like a moment that you were grateful for. Because I mean, you know, have you ever looked back five years at what you were dating and thought, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure fucking some of us have anyways, but shit. Um, I think breakups are one of the biggest life events that have the most potential to spark self-evolution, okay? More than losing a job, and I would say almost equal to losing a loved one or having a near-death experience because in a way you are losing a loved one, Okay. Especially if your identity is tied into that. I mean, you're losing a loved one and a near-death experience. A well, part of you is dying because you have to... That, that, that third, first, second, and third person you were is no longer exists and you have to develop the fourth. So in a way, it is death. And in a way, it is losing a loved one. And in a way, it is losing a job because jobs um, have hugely tied to our identity. I mean, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a teacher. Well, I'm a doctor. Well, I'm, a, I'm a whatever. I'm a carpenter. So I'm always excited for people when they have a big breakup. Is that crazy? I just think it's like, man, there's so much fucking amazing growth for you ahead. It is unreal. You just wait until you come out that other side. You know, this is gonna, I'm going to leave it at this, man. I'm, we're getting to the end here. I just remember a good friend of mine. Uh, was going through kind of like a separation slash divorce. And I told them, you know, I told them like, the divorce is the best thing that could have ever happened. No, I said, your divorce is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. (laughs) Meaning I was excited for the growing pains and that rapture uh, that they were about to go through. You know, nobody said that growth was pain-free. Growing pains are, are fucking real, man. And it comes at a cost. But it's well, well worth it, okay? And I also knew that it was a huge compliment to this person because despite that, I knew that they were in this excruciating pain that they were going through, that they were still strong enough to take a joke and to laugh at themselves. And they did laugh in that moment. Guys, this is the end of episode four of the Paramount Podcast. I didn't keep this thing under an hour, but you just... Fuck, I had so much shit I wanted to say and tell some stories. And I feel like I just... I, I feel like there's a lot of... Like with the um, emotional bank account, for sure, for sure, for sure, is so important, you guys. Uh, the seven questions, so important, man. So important. So I feel like, you know, out of those two things, the seven whys and the emotional bank account, you guys need to try and use that in your life. I'm going to try and do that better in my life as well because like anything, we always get away from things. I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Rate and review this thing if you fucking liked it. Share it with everyone. <laughs> Share it with whoever you think would uh, benefit from this, man. And uh, like I said, send me those voice notes on the Anchor app. Um, comment on the social media, on the Instagrams and things. Uh, let me know what you guys think, man. I really need to know what you guys think so I can know what I can make the next podcast about. And Until then, much love. Thank you. It's Thomas Michael Pera from the Paramount Podcast. And I'm signing out. Peace.